Hey friends, Dean here with some exciting news to share. You can now buy us a coffee. That's right. You can help support independent content creators like us by becoming a member of the 3324 Green Room at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324. Our episodes will always be free and that will not change, but your support at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 will help us continue to bring you the best in music and movie podcasting, in our humble opinion. As a Green Room supporter, you'll not only have our undying gratitude, but you'll also be able to vote on which episodes we record and receive other perks for as low as $3 per month. That's the price of a cup of coffee. There's absolutely no obligation and nothing about the show will change. It's not going behind a paywall. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 for all the details. The link will be in the show notes of every episode as well. We'll see you in the green room. In this episode, we're plugging in with an Australian group that saw their biggest triumph emerge from their biggest tragedy. Join us as we go back in black. Get ready for the 3324 Podcast, where lifelong friends Dean Legiro and Eric Coover share their love of all things music and movies. Dean has directed short films and is a music trivia buff. And Eric, trained in audio engineering, brings his extensive knowledge of music and film to the conversation as they discuss, debate, and celebrate their favorite albums, films, and much more. Welcome, friends, to the 3324 Podcast. Dean Legiro here. Eric Cooper. As Hello. always, in the Hello. other chair. Hello. How are you, Dean? I'm doing I'm doing good. This is uh gonna be an exciting, exciting episode. Before we get to it, though, of course, we have to let you know. Visit us on social media. We're at 3324 Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. That's what's called a call to action. We're asking you to <laughs> do something and join us there. We've got a great uh community of people there hanging out posting all kinds of crazy stuff. And then if you listen to us on Spotify, it would be great if you can give us a, you can actually give us a, a, a review, actually rating mm-hmm. uh, five star. How about five star? We'll take five. Why not? Yeah. Right? Why not? We shoot, shoot, for, shoot for the stars. So we're going to go for five stars. Doing this. You can definitely rate I, think, us I think, I think we, uh, we've earned it. <laughs> I think so. I don't so think we've ever done less than do something. A, we're actually making I don't think, people work. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I don't think we've ever done less than, than a seven star show. So asking for five <laughs> is two less than what we provide anyway. So I think we're, we're actually providing more than what we're asking. So ah. five stars on Spotify would do the job. Uh, much appreciated. Thank you for joining us each week as we talk about the best in music and movie podcasting. Mm-hmm. True statement. Indeed. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Very Don't much even have so. to swear yep. in a book of Bibles. That is true. <laughs> it's the truth. So it's funny. When we did our Amy Winehouse episode, I, yep. I believe I said not to be confused <clears throat> with Back in Black. Well, now we're going to say not to be confused with Back to Black. Right. So we've actually yep. covered we've covered both. We've did Amy Winehouse first, Back to Black, and now we're we're visiting uh, ACDC with Back in Black. So yeah, let's, get, the, let's yep. get the stats going, and then mm-hmm. we'll get this going. This is... Uh, this is a fun one. All so right. this was this album was released in July of 1980, produced by Mutt Lang, and we're going to need to talk just a little bit about Mutt Lang mm-hmm. uh, eventually. This is the eventually. second. <laughs> eventually, not right we'll now. Just, I don't want to. I don't want to go off now. Eventually, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to him eventually. Mutt, put, put 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 Mutt in his cage, um, <laughs> and then we'll let him out later. This there is the go. the second best selling album of all time of all time. Ah. We're going to get to that in a little bit as well. 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about later. But for right now, it's uh, currently uh, actually more than 25 times platinum. Yeah. With an estimated sales of 50 million worldwide. Beast. Beast yep. and a half. An absolute beast. Yep. Absolute beast. Yep. Uh, and they were 2003 Rock and, Hall, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. I mean, pff, they, they better. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, they better saying. be. <laughs> So, uh, and then let's get to a little brief history. They were formed in 1973 by Malcolm and Angus Young, two brothers, uh, who are actually English, but then they moved to Australia. Mm. So they are an Australian band by location, but uh, some of the pedigree of of some of the members is actually English. Mm-hmm. Uh, their first album was in 1975, High Voltage. Well, their name's ACDC. That goes right in. With, you know, they're they're connecting the name to the to the album titles. They were clever, always clever from the beginning with their album titles. They yeah. they have really rock and roll <laughs> album titles, right? These like these yeah. are like the epitome of rock and roll. Their album titles. We could go through those. Mm-hmm. Um, what what leads us to Back in Black is in uh, the original lead singer was Bon Scott, and they were known. They had, they weren't a giant band though, right? I mean, they they were kind of known, but not not something that was so great. You know, they had Highway to Hell and Dirty Deeds done dirt cheap, a couple of couple of things, but not not anything that was so gangbusters back then with Bon Scott. Yeah, <clears throat> you could say they were a little bit of a cult band in, in a yeah. sense, but uh, yeah, around the time, I mean, we're you know, Zeppelin was happening, was still happening. You know, you had a lot of the bands. <clears throat> happening in the 70s so yeah they the thunder from down under as it were uh yeah they, they i i didn't know them honestly until this album came out um and that's you know that of course i heard certain songs on the radio and i yeah. i just assumed that those songs would be on this album yeah when i first got it because i didn't know that they this was actually their their sixth or seventh album at this point yeah yeah, so we're, we're you know, yeah, but, and that's that's actually know. pretty much pretty much what happened. And w- when this album came mm-hmm. out and took off, people went. Ba- their back catalog became very popular. So yeah. before this, they were not their their album before this, um, which was Highway to Hell, that hit number seventeen on the U.S. charts. Their uh, their studio album before that, one hundred and thirty three. So they were not like a big a big name group. They were kind of there and, and, mm-hmm. and touring and getting it done. And, and spreading the word to the masses, but certainly not on the on the level of a Zeppelin or an Aerosmith or no. uh, any of these, you know, Black Sabbath, so. any of these bands of, of the 70s. They were just kind of plugging away on Australia and and and, and building, you know, building their fan They were kind of like base. the word of mouth band. They were like, check yeah. these guys out. You know, you you knew the fans, you saw the fans, they had the t-shirts, they were, you know, like ACDC. And they're like, yeah, check, yeah these, the you logo. Gotta check these guys out. Yeah, you got to, you know. So they were that like was the one niche. of those fans with the logo, right? Yeah, it was, they it was were like you, they you were saw the logo. Like the new niche sort of uh, would you consider them metal? They they're, they're kind of under the well, that's heavy funny. metal. It, it, that, that's banner. a good question. Yeah. If you listen and I started going back, I you know, I, I certainly am not a ACDC aficionado, but I, yeah. I went back for a comparison. I'm like, well, let me listen to some of the real uh, you know, I knew some of the Bond Scott stuff, but I said, like, let me listen to a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And no, I, I would say that. Pre, the Bon Scott era, I think, probably had more in common with like an Aerosmith, yeah, dirty, grungy kind of kind of sound. Right. More of a, more yep. of a you could call mainstream rock. Um, and then we'll get into Brian Johnson, but I think with Back in Black, it's it, it changed. You know, th- things changed. Changed, and, and I would consider what they were doing. It, it, it's it's certainly not rock and roll. So if it's hard rock, it's probably it's closer to metal. Yeah. 
And, okay. and they have a certain niche in metal. So when you think about metal, you may think about certain bands, but they have to be. We, we talked about it in our Led Zeppelin episode, right? Mm-hmm. Who's, who was the godfather? Or who was the, who's the father of metal? Was it Zeppelin? Was it Deep Purple? Yeah. Uh, who, who was the other band? And Sabbath. And Sabbath. Right? Mm-hmm. So if we're going to talk <clears throat> about them as metal in the conversation, ACDC would, would absolutely be a descendant then. They absolutely would be in the metal, uh, in the metal category at that point. Yeah, I Just agree. Because, you know, they, they, because of the particular sound they have. Yeah, I think what it does it for me. I, again, it's the groove. It's the it, it, you know, there's the certain um, you know, certain metal bands are just very sort of like. to me, that's kind of like perhaps that's a stigma or whatever. But you know, for me, it's like yeah. When you think of heavy metal, you immediately you think of hair bands. You think of you think of Metallica or something. Yeah, that ill like or Iron Maiden or. But yeah, this is different. This is yeah. ACDC is more rock and roll. Is more like they had grooves. They had you know. Of course, you know with this album, Hell's Bells, that was probably might have been one of the first tracks that 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 you know resembled a kind of a heavy metal track where it's that that resounding sound to it, and then it just builds up, and then you know it sort of kind of reminds you of the stuff that would come later. Yeah, they they definitely Um, skirt the line. They they absolutely kind of kind of ride the line between hard rock. I mean, you could say then, uh, would you would you consider Judas Priest heavy metal then? Uh, well, kind of, right. I mean, because yeah. they're all kind of, kind of they're, that, them in that and same the Scorpion. Sure, kind of yeah. all in this in this hard rock container that also people refer to it as heavy metal. Yeah, but this well, right? I, so well obviously so it would, with metal, there's different facets, just like exactly different and different. Just styles, like any, so just just like anything else, really, if you think about it, you know, yeah. you put it under a certain umbrella. You know, things are going to be a little bit different. Everybody's trying to develop their own sound. But uh, you but ask yeah. any you ask any any teenager from the 80s if <laughs> yeah. ACDC was metal. And uh, absolutely. You can even yeah. ask Beavis and Butthead because uh, one of them wore the shirt, <laughs> right? One had an ACDC shirt, one had a Metallica right. shirt. So they That's were right. they were into the they were in, in the public consciousness as, as heavy yeah, metal. As heavy metal. So sure. uh, 1979, Highway to Hell comes out. And that was uh, that would be the last album with Bon Scott in early 1980 um, Bon Scott would pass away and, and he would die from essentially from alcohol poisoning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was found passed out in, in the back of a car friend tried to revive him and couldn't. Yeah. Um, and, and he passed away. And at that point, ACDC, this is one of those crossroads moments is what do we do? I mean, he's continue. the lead singer. Yeah. He's, he's kind of has a distinctive voice in rock and roll too. Right. Yep. So it's kind of like, okay, you know, uh, Bon Scott was definitely more of a singer, could sing as well. So he kind of had kind of that that sinister kind of voice, but but also could sing. Uh, bon Scott's parents are like, no, he would want you to continue. He would want mm-hmm. you to go on. All right, well, now what? It turns out in one of these weird rock and roll story circumstances. Yeah. Bon Scott was, was you know, I don't know if they were touring or Bon Scott was, was in England at one point in the UK. And he saw this band, Geordie. And there was a, a singer, Brian Johnson, and he was quite impressed with him, not thinking anything, but just had made mention to the band. Hey, I saw this band or I saw this guy, Brian Johnson, a really energetic performer, this, that, and the other thing. I actually covered it on one of our, our quick hits as well, the story mm-hmm. of that. Having nothing to do with anything, Bon Scott passes away. They remembered what he said. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we should, we should probably try and find this guy, like, or just see what the, see what the deal is. And, and at this point, like Brian Johnson's like in his 30s. <laughs> and Jordy, this, this yeah. group Jordy from the UK, go look them up on YouTube. I mean, they, they really, they didn't have any hits. They weren't really anything big. 
Uh, and if you want, and if you look at any of the footage of Brian Johnson singing with Jordy, he's just a straight up singer. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you got to see any of his stuff with Jordy. Um, it's not what's on Back in Black, which is very interesting. He was a straight up, just a rock singer. Mm. Um, so they they hunt this guy down and they say, hey, you know, uh, do you want to come audition? He's, he was deciding. He's like, I'm not sure. I, I you know, he was kind of like, oh, like the rock and roll lifestyle, lifestyle was kind of passing him by because Jordy didn't do anything. And he, there was nothing on the horizon for him. So he, uh, he's like, you know, you got nothing to lose. Sure. So he went to the, he went to the audition and, and they really clicked and, and ACDC was like, you know what? We still have to listen to all these other people audition, but, but they knew they wanted him, mm-hmm. but they had to like, you know, all right, you know, we got to listen to everybody else, I guess, cause we have them scheduled, but they, they had their man. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, which, which was really, I, I don't even know what to make of this album sometimes when, when, when you think about it and you think about its placement. So Brian Johnson comes in and they, they, they all go to, they couldn't get any studios in the UK. So they end up going to uh, the Bahamas to record. So I guess yeah. that's where you go. Like if you can't find a studio in, U- in the UK, <laughs> in Nassau. you can't go to Fr- you can't go to France. You can't go to Ireland. You can't go that's to right. anywhere in Europe. You have to go all the way down to the Bahamas. Like, that's the next closest place, but you know what? Uh, they went and did that, and that and that's where they would record "Back in Black," which would become the second biggest selling album of all time. Mm. Crazy, and yeah, and let, let's let's roll through the list of of the top selling albums of all time, and um, very very interesting. And and that's part of I think what maybe you can help me sort out too is, is why the, why this album? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the, the first, and nothing against it. I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just like, uh, you know, this is a group that was a, seemingly quite obscure relative. Yeah. And and then <clears> out of nowhere, out. you know, they have this tragedy, decide to, to soldier on, get a new singer, and they release an album that absolutely just bl- blows the door off the genre, literally. Yeah. Um, perhaps maybe in the wake of tragedy, things, you know, weird things happen. You know, like yeah. people tend to grasp onto those kinds of things. The album itself, Back in Black, the title is a tribute to to Bon Scott. Um, so it's a, it's almost very, I wouldn't say morbid, but it's just kind of like you yeah. know, a little bit. The the album cover bit. is as well. It's they just, they wanted you know, completely black, and yeah, it's it's yeah, a little exactly. bit. They, uh, they, yeah, know. they wanted it entirely black, and the and the, the record label's like, no, if you can outline like mm-hmm. your logo in gray, we'll be okay with that. But otherwise, yeah. it would have been totally, yeah, it would have been totally black in honor of Bon Scott. Yeah. The differences in the voices to me were this, I mean, because I had never heard Jordy. So, yeah. no, I didn't, I don't know. I'm not familiar with, you know, with Brian Johnson before. Yep. Bon Scott had a very unique voice in itself. I mean, he was very sort of a gravelly type, you know, higher range. And but but Brian Johnson just like, I, I can't believe he could keep that up. Yeah, he's got it's like, like a scotch, scotch voice. To me, it like, sounds like he's he's got a sore throat. I mean, or yeah. at least like when you hear him sing, you know, go, go through a song, you think that oh my god, his voice must be like it's got to be ripped up. Ah, oh, you know, like yeah. it's just and he's, he's got a voice like he drinks a fifth of scotch before every show, right? It's like that. <laughs> it's like that smoker's yeah. like drinker's voice, and it's yeah. like yeah. How, how does that not? And it's hurt? so high, you know. Because it sounds so, it sounds like he's forcing it, but uh, it's labor. Let, it's very yeah, labor. Bef- yeah. Before we get to more of Brian Johnson, let, let's roll through the top 10 uh, okay. albums of all time. And, and there's something interesting in here as well. That's why I want to go through all 10. So the first one, obviously, Michael Jackson Thriller. Yeah. Right. Number two, 
ACDC Back in Black. Number three, Soundtrack to the Bodyguard. Number four, Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell. Uh, number five, Eagles, of course, their greatest hits, mm-hmm. which is the best-selling greatest hits compilation ever. Was that number five? Number six? No, that was one, two, three, four. That was number five. Number six is Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Mm. Number seven, the Eagles are on here again with Hotel California. Number eight, Saturday Night Fever. We've done a lot of these episodes, <laughs> right? <laughs> we didn't. We didn't do. We didn't use this list to choose. Um, but the soundtrack to Saturday Night Fever. Uh, number nine, Fleetwood Mac Rumors. Number ten, Shania Twain. Come on over. Oh. Interesting thing about number ten, also produced by Mutt Lang. Yes, because he was married to Shania Twain. That's right. And there and Mutt go. Lang became like the producer de, de jour for almost everybody. A lot of work. He mm-hmm. would continue to work with ACDC. Uh, he basically gave Def Leppard their sound. Yeah. With pyromania and hysteria, mm-hmm. like kind of, and that's his thing. That's like his his he's known for that. Is he he took Def Leppard and kind of smoothed everything out for them and kind of gave them those those harmonies that we came to know on pyromania and going forward. He did that for for ACDC as well, because mm-hmm. he he worked with them on their pre on on the album before this, so that was kind of like the run up. And then we get to Back in Black and forget it. It's just uh, that, like you were saying, that sa- there's a sound that they they that they achieved, which sounds different from the older stuff. It's not as well, it's bolder, it's very polished, it's very clean as well, but bolder. Yeah, but yeah. The songs are sort of amped up. It's it is exactly a sort of an algorithm of you know they were pushing it into a new into a new uh, uh, wave or something. I mean, it was just sort of uh, yeah, and it's largely due to Mutt Lang. I mean, he you know that's it goes it's it's a testament to what a good producer can do and what they can achieve for someone. Yeah. So again, uh, that's part of the success of this record has yeah. to be. Yeah, because he was a, he was a taskmaster. He yeah. he would he would push about Bon Scott to his limits as well, mm-hmm. and and Brian Johnson with vocal technique and singing songs all the way through and and not like punching in and out because it goes you guys you guys gonna have to sing this, yeah. So you got to get it right and you have to learn how to breathe. And Brian Johnson's like, what what is this guy talking about? And then when they, when everything was said <laughs> and done, they understood like what it was. He was such a he was such a perfectionist and. And he was he would start doing backing vocals, and his voice Mutt Lang's voice was so prominent that he used to have to he would have to stand further back from the microphone during the sessions from the other members, just just so his voice didn't overpower and right. it had the right blend. Yeah. So he know he knew what he was talking about, and then he was showing Angus Young, you know, just some nuances about soloing. Not that Angus Young needed any help. No, everybody. I mean, they all they all want to do their own thing, but and it's hard because sometimes they just like. Ugh. The effing producer, man, they're not going to tell me how to play. Yep. They're not going to tell, they're not going to do our, you know, but you know, sometimes you need it. Sometimes, you, you know, you have to uh, play the game as it were to, to really achieve something. But that, that's the thing. I mean, you really need a good producer and a producer has to have that musical background, you know, cause they got producers that are, that don't play anything or don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And they think they know what they're talking about. Like, Oh, I, you know, whatever. And that's happened quite a few times, but with this, it's like, yeah, I mean, uh, knowing exactly what the, they have their their finger on the pulse of something. Yeah, it was less knowing, of, an, of an opinion, his producer role, and more of a mentor. Right. Yeah, it was, it was less like, yeah, here's my opinion. He's like, no, we're going to do it this way. Or you need to learn how to breathe when you're Direction. singing. Because yeah. 
this is going to, you know, and you may not like it or mm-hmm. like what I'm saying, but this is what needs to happen. You know, the producer is important in this thing because, yeah, if you don't have a, a singular focus, I'm not sure whether or not ACDC did or not, but if you lack that, the producer yeah. is the one that's also able to kind of hone all that in for the group. You mm-hmm. know, if, unless you're a group that really knows what you want, knows exactly what you're going for, but they were without a lead singer. They just had a new guy coming in. So you could almost say somewhat, somewhat directionless kind of, okay, we've got a new guy. We don't know what, what the future is going to bring. Yeah. Get Mutt Lang again. And he just really, it, like you said, from the, from the opening bells of, of Hell's Bells, which is interesting because they, they wanted a, be- they wanted a, be- a specific type of bell to be made for, mm-hmm. for, for that track. And they're like, we can't, you know, the foundry, we can't, we can't get a bell made. So then they were like down in, in, in uh, Bahamas and they were trying like different bells there and it wasn't working. And by the time they figured out it wouldn't work, they got back. I was like, yeah, we, the foundry was able to make a bell. So they actually had a bell made <laughs> wow. and it was ready. And then they were able to use the, that bell and it's whole. And, and you, you say the, the, the album cover somber and the way the, the way the album opens is somber. It's almost like a, yeah. a funeral bell it's, or it, it is. Yeah. And that was you on know, purpose. Something is yeah. to, it's tolling, you know, and, and it's it's calling you to this album. I, I got chills the first time I heard that song. And it was essential yeah. listening, uh, hanging out, 1980, the Ridge yeah. Road crew, as I spoke <laughs> of. Uh, this was one of the albums that was kind of floating around. And uh, yeah, it was, it, it's it's one of the, the finest hard rock albums ever made. Yeah. And I, you oh, know, yeah. There's just no doubt about it. I mean, I, you know, for someone who's not a huge heavy metal fan like myself, there is a, there is a something certain something about it that just you know it gets you, and it yeah. moves and the the songs move and they and they're like I yeah, said no balance right there's there's a groove <laughs> there's it, they're hard pumping they're you know and then of course you know Marvel when Iron Man came out like they took ACDC they renewed I didn't get back funnily enough though I didn't get back into the album because of Iron Man like mm-hmm. I, I didn't start listening to their stuff again because of Iron because this, this was one of those albums you put on the shelf for yeah. a long time and then you take it off and dust it off and it's just it's it's uh, a great listen yeah. and, and just you just know. Bri- you know brian johnson's vocal on that opening track and it's funny the uh the opening lyrics in in hell's bells are actually about when when they got to the bahamas there was so many storms and all this stuff going on that yeah. those are the lyrics the rolling yeah. thunder drive you know all that stuff is is them describing actually describing the storms the- that <laughs> were in, in bahamas <laughs> right you know, I'm coming on yeah. like a hurricane, white lightning's yeah. flashing across the sky. But the, those the the way Brian Johnson delivers those lyrics, there's you like you said, there's something. There's no other voice like him. Because mm-hmm. um, I think if anybody else tried to sing like him, you, they would damage their vocal cords. I don't know what it is. It's almost like the Barry Gibb effect, where Barry Gibb discovered he could sing falsetto, and then that kind yeah. of changed the Bee Gees. Yeah, you get Brian Johnson in ACDC, and he's like Bon Scott, but like. Like on steroids or amplified. like amplified, right? Yep. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, right. It's got that grittiness. Yeah. But like, again, yeah, but that, we, I think we we just hit it on the head. That is exactly right. Because yeah, he's not a copy, but he sounds like if you listen to like Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap, you can be like, well, that could be brought. You know, like you, you can hear the similarities in, in a lot of those exactly. things. Exactly, and, and 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 obviously singing the you know the older catalog was was not a big. Not a big deal for Brian Johnson yeah. to go I back think he and probably actually updated do those it songs. Too and, and, yeah, and, sure. Yeah, brought, brought something yep. different to it. 
So go, go figure, you know, and, and mm-hmm. again, it was just kind of a, and I think maybe why you like it is, is maybe the reason why I like it as well, because of that production is so clean. It's not yeah. muddy, even though it's, it's riff heavy. I mean, this is like, this is like rock and roll riff heaven with Angus Young. I mean, that's what you're mm-hmm. getting with ACDC is yeah. their, their, their stock and trade is riffs and big sound. They're not ballads. No, you know, they're not, they're not nope. doing any ballads and, and slow numbers and love songs like that. They, they are there to blow your ears out you know, and they're good <laughs> at right. it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, with, with ACDC, you know what you're going to get. And, and in the case of ACDC, that's not a bad thing because they deliver no. it so consistently and they yeah. don't, they never tried to, to change. They're, oh, we're going to get grungy. We're going to embrace this. We're going to go electronic. ACDC has had one, like one stated goal and, and they stayed on one road. Yeah. You know, and you, and you can't fault them for that because. Nope. You know, Thunderstruck would come out. I think the the the, the first, the, the only ACDC CD I bought was Who Made Who, which yeah. was which was from the. It was kind of like the loose soundtrack for the movie Maximum Overdrive. That's right. But it was kind yeah. of it was, it was yep. like a greatest. It was like a greatest hits though. <laughs> yeah. So it was like a, it had Bon Scott stuff on it. It had Brian Johnson stuff, and then it had a couple of new songs, which is a great introduction to for me. I was like, oh, like oh, so I got Highway to Hell, and I got. Like ride on from from Bon Scott, and then I got all the stuff that you knew. Like you, it's ironic, isn't long. it? It's like they were the go to band for the you know for for cinema. There's so many so many of their songs appeared in movies, and like I said, songs that move, songs that that just drive, and that there's that pumping. You couldn't put yeah. like you can't put something like Iron Maiden in a, in a, in a in a movie. I mean, you could, but it just it wouldn't have the same effect. If you especially if you're if it's like an action type of piece where there's a rhythm to everything yeah. going on on screen. You got, you know, matching that with the, with the, like, like Iron Man would shoot the thrill yeah. when yeah. he's flying around and like, right. And Iron Man two, he comes down and he, you know, that, that was such a great, great moment, you know, like, and again, that whole soundtrack, right. Not, not the score, but the, 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 the yeah, soundtrack the, was made up of ACDC songs, even yeah. though there were several other groups on that, on that, on that soundtrack. But yeah, yeah it's yeah. just amazing. And, and, you know, I think they, they, took a little bit of the Zeppelin DNA with that, with those riffs yeah. and yep. those ch- kind of chunky, they, they, they were kind of like the next evolution of it, of what Zeppelin mm-hmm. was doing. Cause Zeppelin kind of started moving as Zeppelin progressed. They moved away from that, you know, yeah. that, that Zeppelin two and, and that, you know, immigrant song type stuff. They started uh, getting AC, a little DC bit more kind of up on yeah, trying new things. Yeah. With Zeppelin, they were, they were experimenting with, you know, doing, they were doing ballads and they were like, you know, even a little prog and, you know, they would, they, yeah. they were, yeah, like folk even stuff like yeah. that. So, uh, which, and ACD is was like, nope, nope, it's, we're just going to be rock. It's going to be metal. <laughs> it's going to be so- songs about having a good time. That's right. Songs about drinking. Songs about women. <laughs> songs about having sex. I mean, this is this is what Let, it is. This is ACDC. Stuff, plenty of that. <laughs> yeah, a, this is what ACDC is about, and they're, they're they and they are not ashamed of it, and they celebrate yeah. it, and, and they right. they are made for arena rock. And if you look at any of the concert footage. Yeah. They play massive. They don't play arenas. They play like venues or they play fields. I mean, the people that go to these concerts and, and the amount of people, if you look at anything on YouTube, is absolutely amazing. So they're 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 so well, you know you're going to have a good time. You, yeah. you know you're going to go to that concert. And you're going to you're going to come away feeling something. And it's not like the kind of thing where it's angry. You know, it's it's good time rock and roll. It's yeah. like it, yeah, you know, it's like you know you're yeah, they're you're, not looking to change the pumping. world. Right, yeah. it's not political. They're not making a statement. Not, they're they're just you know, there's no out mo- there. I don't. I, well, I don't know. I mean, there might have been a mosh pit or something. Right. But I, 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 you know, I don't see this being that kind of that kind of music that would drive you to want to hit somebody. 
You just no. want to have a good time. It's, yeah. yeah, like how, how, how could you when the lead guitarist is dressed like a schoolboy? That's right. <laughs> wearing the hat and wearing the, the shorts. I mean, the the coat it, and it didn't, didn't like it fit right. I mean, yeah. you know that, it, and that's maybe why some people don't take them seriously because you see mm-hmm. something like that, you think this has got to be a gimmick. This guy is like, I mean, he started from the beginning, but oh, but even he, now when they play or when they have played, yeah, it, it's become so iconic. But it, it's also easy to dismiss that and say, oh well, this is. ACDC, it's metal, and look at this guy dressed like this, and don't don't take it for granted because Angus Young is is a formidable songwriter and he's a formidable guitar player. Absolutely. It's easy to dismiss yeah. ACDC because they're so riff heavy that oh, it's pretty basic. And you know, when you're a beginning guitar player, like Back in Black is the first riff you learn. Like that's the yeah. first thing you learn. It's like guitar 101. So it's very easy to bring them down to that level and say, oh yeah, it's kind of basic stuff, but. Not really. When you see him solo and, and, and play and then his brother Malcolm in, in the back, these guys are short, first of all. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ma- Malcolm Young is, is five foot two. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And he plays a Gretsch, he plays this Gretsch hollow body guitar, which looks it's gigantic. Yeah. Uh I'll yeah. find one of the videos. It, it may even it could be it may even be the video for back and back in black. And he's playing this gigantic guitar. It looks like a kid. Playing a guitar because they, these these dudes are so short, mm-hmm. and the guitar that Malcolm Young plays, not Angus, but Malcolm the Gibson, plays this giant, this giant Gibson hollow body SG. white Gretsch, yeah. yeah, and Angus, yeah, Angus plays the Gibson. He plays, yeah. yeah, he plays like the SG or whatever it is, and but yeah, they, this these guys just know what they're doing. So let me let me go back to this question: mm. Is why this album? Why is this album the second? biggest selling album of all time why not something by led zeppelin why not something by the beatles why not something by the role there why not the who there nothing against acdc but there are so many other groups and albums that have been so much more impactful and this australian group seeming again out of nowhere their previous albums didn't do anything perhaps it had something to do with the 80s coming in and you know when things were changing so dramatically that there was still at least a solid rock and roll band that you can depend on uh, you think so? So you think there was like a, since it was a drought of, I think so. I, you know, like Zeppelin was done at this point. They were yeah. pretty much, you know, it, it was 1980 and that was their like coda. I think was, yeah. it was just a, an album of songs of yeah, like outtakes really. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the who they, I mean, they weren't the same band that they were. You, you bet. You bet. They weren't. <laughs> oh, how do you like Eminence that? Front. Not that that's, you know, not that it was, it was horrible, but it was, it, it was changing. They were changing. Right. Exactly. Aerosmith was relatively dormant as well. The Stones kind of had tattoo you, but Stones were more yeah blues based, and they were they were sort of more R and B, and so they were a different type of thing. But they were also experimenting with with disco and and like and you know doing that kind of thing and and changing. But ACDC, no, I mean they're they're just a solid. So you think you think they were kind of like like. Like you think they were like last band standing, like and they became Maybe. like the standard bearers of purity. It, there was a purity to them. Uh-huh. I think absolute purity to the band, that, 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 and they and they didn't waver. You know, they just kept it going, even when that kind of thing was not as popular in the mid eighties. You're, you're talking about world music coming in, and you had all these like you know bands from all around the world, and you know like people were a little more political. And and thunderstruck, exactly. <laughs> and it's like. And then, then of course, you know, you had Guns N' Roses. They came in and they were kind of maybe a sort of a, a nod to ACDs. Maybe they were the next, 
the next step or so or well, so. Well, I don't it's, know. It's, it's fun. well, it's funny you, you should mention that because Brian Johnson wasn't able to tour for a while because he was having some issues. Yeah, and who who took over uh, lead mm. vocal duties for ACDC was Axl Rose, mm. who was probably the only guy that could become close enough. He had that true, true that upper range uh, growl in his voice. Uh, I don't know how he, how he could sustain it, but he he took over. I don't forget how many tours it was, but. Yeah, he 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 took over for for Brian Johnson while he was recovering, and and ACDC just kept going on. It's like here we go, you know, Axl Rose is going to step in and 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 played with ACDC and, so and covered when, the tour for him. Okay, so when you think of 1980 alone, just think about some of the albums that came out that year. I don't think there was anything as hard rocket as Back in Black. You know, if, if um, I could be mistaken, but. Uh, Again, there was like this, the new wave thing was coming in and, and it was all, things were already changing so drastically and didn't really notice it at the time. Punk rock was pretty much done as well. That was kind of on the decline that hardcore punk and now it's changing to more well, yeah, keyboards I, and, you know, yep. like these poppy synth things. And I can't really think of anything that anything else that came out that year that was just straight up pure. I mean, Ozzy. Whatever, whatever Ozzy roll. had at the time, I don't know if I don't know yeah, if Diary, even, Diary of a I, Madman. I don't know if that came out in eighty. Yeah, but even Ozzy, I mean, what? he would he would you know the, he he was doing ballads and he was you know, you know what I mean like there was that kind of that sort of saccharine kind of stuff that started coming in and and yeah. I'm not a, like I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a I was never a fan of the 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 hair metal bands of the period and and even like even something like Def Leppard like the sound you, you mentioned the sound with Def Leppard to me that always that was that very compressed. Like sort of like, oh, very slick. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah Mutt slick, Lang, Mutt Lang would compressed. make would make them very slick. Yeah, yeah. And it, Bl- it was, Blizzard of Oz, Blizzard of Oz from Ozzy Osbourne came out in 1980, and that had Crazy okay. Train on it. Okay. So, I, again, yeah, I, I'm but gonna say I'm going to say what? Why? Why ACDC then? <laughs> you know, I, that's the thing. I, I, I don't get. I, again, I have nothing against this group. I just don't understand. In in the top ten, you've got the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac and stuff you would expect to see there, yeah. and then ACDC at number two, behind number Michael two. Jackson. Yeah, a moment. And, and again, not it's not like this was chock full of number ones. It had great songs on it. I mean, the hits are the hits are Hell's Bells, uh, Back in Black, and You Shook Me All Night Long. Those are certified absolutely hard rock classics. This yeah, album didn't go to number one. It hit number four in the United States. And these were not think, like number one songs, but I don't think that still had that that um, perhaps it still had enough of that fan base where, oh yeah, well now we have a popular album, but it's still ACDC. It's still huh? the ACDC we love. They didn't really change all. I mean, they changed, but the, the songs are just bolder. Yeah, if got, anything, they got they're better. more hard they got rock, better. and they just got yeah. better. And there's no filler on this album, in my opinion. It's one of the, yeah. you know, one of the most solid rock albums, I think. And again, it just, it's the, I think it's just the purity aspect of it, of the band itself, the integrity that they just, they never really sold out. They never really did, you know, try to do like, oh, because the record company wants us to do that. Yeah. I, I, you know, they, they just, no, they, I, they never really went there. Yeah. And the band just did. Even Metallica, like at some point, they 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 recorded stuff that <laughs> that as a Metallica, Metallica fans will tell you that there was quite embarrassing in, in their opinion. Some head like, scratchers, yeah. Like what, yeah. what was that? You know. So, but the interesting thing about it is, before Brian Johnson, the the core writing trio was was Bon Scott, Angus Young, and Malcolm Young. So Bon mm-hmm. Scott passes away. 
Brian Johnson starts writing songs, you would think that the direction would change a little bit or you know, you're bringing in another lyricist and another kind of perspective. And maybe that's what it was too. Maybe maybe his perspective was that harder edge. And yeah, and because of what, what he could do vocally, uh, they were able to really go for it with, with that scratchy voice that he has. And it, it sounds like he's shouting, but he's really not. He's singing. I don't know how he does it, but it, it sounds oh, like phrasing. he's shouting. Yeah. The, the, the phrasing yeah, on back, back in black, back in black. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Almost is like a rap. It's almost like a rap song. Exactly. I, uh, yeah. I was just about very to say much, this. Very much has like a hip hop flow to it of the way the, the, so he, the many... way he spits, he spit, you want to, I'm going to go with the term they use now. He spits fire. Yeah. On this. Like, like he's just wrote those lyrics are just popping out of him in back in black. Mm-hmm. Quick, quick rhyming, quick, short rhyming lyrics. And he gets onto the next phrase. And, and then you've got this guitar b- behind it. Just don't, like it does you know that riff just kind of it just keeps recycling and he's and it's almost like he's rapping over it yeah but then you get to that second verse and then there's more lyrics on top of it and he's like trying to be but he manages to get him out there and squeeze them in so that it's the rhythm yeah he gets he he goes quick yeah but but when you listen i I love listening to the lyrics of it though because it's such a great like when you you listen (laughs) and then i'm listening i'm like this this sounds almost like a rap song i was like you know i was kind of like wow i never really because you're just so usually overtaken by the riff because the riffs are everything you know you shook Mm -hmm. me all night long it's like you you know you're hearing an acdc song but yeah but with back in black when i was i gave it a you know the in-depth list in-depth list and i'm like wow Kind of, ha- kind of has some rap DNA, or maybe rap took some Could DNA be. from them. Could be, of course. This stuff was that stuff. All the all the those kind of riffs are tailor made for sampling too. In in, in rap, oh, music. I, um, yeah, it's been done. I'm sure. <laughs> you yeah. know, you know. So, you know, Beastie um, Boys were were sampling Zeppelin high and low. I mean, they were sampling everything. You know, when when Beastie they Boys were sampling so. those shoes by the Eagles. I mean, <laughs> you know that. Yeah. Dun, dun, you know, yeah. they, they sampled down, you know, they, they sampled all kinds Creedence, of stuff. BC boys, they sampled down on the corner and for yeah. license to ill. So they no. were taking everything. They would t- took everything and, and just threw it against the wall. So I wouldn't be surprised that uh, ECDC likewise, but yeah, that back in black just has a lot of that feel to it. The way the, the lyrics just kind of, sure or the way the delivery you, is. Right. If you asked a die hard, hardcore ACDC fan, they'll probably tell you, Oh yeah, back in black, it, you know, it's the popular one. So, but I prefer, you know, something else. You know, sure. you know what I mean? Like there'll be there'll be there'll be that one album that they prefer over Back in Black. But me, for me, it wants you to go back and listen to their catalog. You know, so yeah, I love this. And let me check some of this other stuff out. You know, and it's ironic because I don't like the older stuff as much <laughs> as Back in Black. I just it, to me, it's the perfect. It's it's one of those albums. It's just it's it. Well, it's different. They're almost like two bands. They're they're yeah. almost like two bands, but but they didn't radically change. It's not like the it's not like the the David Lee Ross Sammy Hagar thing where yeah. you changed the vocalist and the and the the direction of the band literally changed. Here they changed the vocalist. They didn't particularly change per se, but they, what they did is they got even better because they were an yeah. okay band before, and then Back in Black comes out and it's just like all of a sudden people like were AC like crazy for them. I keep it's, bringing it's, up Metallica. Yeah. Um, but do you think they did the same thing with their black album? Were they, were they trying, you think they were trying to sort of subconsciously trying to emulate what ACDC did with back in black? Well, I don't know. I, I think because with, that with, album was more, that was their supposed, that was their, their big, their big one as well. Like their big right, more commercial. 
yeah. success, you know, album, you know. Yeah, like, but they were on they were on an upward trajectory, right? Metallic was yeah. kind of growing with with Injustice for All and they they were kind of gaining popularity. Again, ACDC was kind of wallowing in like not even cracking the top 100, uh, yeah. you know, two albums before this. Right. Yep. And just kind of w- very workmanlike music, not build, you know, kind of building towards stuff, I suppose, but not in the way that Metallica did it. Metallica, you know, Metallica also had the benefit of MTV and exposure. So That's things right. were a little yeah. bit different. And then, then when that Black Album came out and Enter Sandman and just people were just like losing their minds, you know, every, you know, I, ha- everybody had that. And this is kind of the same thing, but what, you know, how many, however many years before, Without the without the uh, ex- extra exposure you got from MTV, it was kind of they mm-hmm. were doing it the old way, just kind of getting out there, and, and people were just picking up this album, and and yeah. it was just kind of steamrolling, almost like they were a new band, almost like this this like new band was discovered because then all of a sudden people were going back, and even the old the label kind of re released their albums, and those old albums started re entering the charts, mm-hmm. and I think they had like five albums in the charts at once which was like a record that hadn't been, I don't know, set since like the Beatles or something. Yeah. Because this this album was so big and so expansive in its reach that all this old stuff, everyone's like, oh my God, they have all this other stuff too? Like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's go check yeah. it out. And then then they became like this cottage industry. So they had, they had an instant back catalog that not a lot of people were aware of. Mm-hmm. You know, for, except for like those hard, you know, I'm not dismissing the hard rock fans or the, or the hardcore ACDC fans, but for the most part, all of a sudden this album comes out and then there's all this other stuff we can go listen to. And then it, propelling them forward was just, you know, it was, yeah. it was, it was incredible. And it's odd, odd because one of my favorite bands is the cult. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, when I, when I first heard the song love removal machine, I thought it was ACDC because it's really? got that, okay. it had the same exact riff. I'm like, is this AC, is this an ACDC song? And I was like, cause it was so, it, so influenced by it. You could absolutely hear it when you listen to love removal machine. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is ACDC. It's got to be. It was like, no, it's this other band called The Cult that was that that took that same aesthetic. They took they took a lot from ACDC when they when they revamped their sound. They absolutely kind of patterned. They kind of mashed the Doors and ACDC together, and it, and it was like the new the new sound of The Cult. So so they they have they do have influence. They absolutely okay. have have influenced other bands as well. Okay, I'm just gonna read. Uh, there's a few um, uh, critiques of, of the of the of the album. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tim Jones of the Guardian says that it was uh, it, it was hailed as some as a high watermark for heavy metal music. Mm-hmm. NME regarded it as an important release in the 1980s metal and heavy rock, naming it one of the 20 best metal albums of its decade. Uh, while the Daily Telegraph ranked it as the, the one of the 20 greatest heavy metal albums of all time. According to rock journalist Joe Harrington, Back in Black was released at a time when heavy metal stood at a turning point between a decline and a revival, as most there bands in the genre were playing slower tempos you and just longer hit guitar solos. You, quote, you, hit, you, hit, you hit that before. You hit it right you on go. the head where there yep. was a, there a, it is. a drought of, of quality metal, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going for the power ballads and you're going for that slow stuff, uh, ACDC doesn't they don't deal in that. Nope. <laughs> Straight up, you know, and if you look at some of those, the, the the actual critiques, they will always get critiqued with with like lyrical content. It's like, oh, okay, it's it's basic, it's rock and roll lifestyle, it's drinking, it's women, yeah, it's drugs, you know. 
but that that's what that's what this is. I mean, that's what this music is. They're not looking to change the world. They're not looking to make a political statement. Like you said, it's good time music. It's about right. drinking and you know, <laughs> have, you know what 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 are the songs? Have a drink on me, yeah. you know. Shake a leg, uh, give the dog a bone. I mean, they're not, they're not, you don't have <laughs> yeah. to really figure out what they're talking about when, when they're not hiding, they're not hiding the lyrics and not burying it in, in some other stuff and, and other meanings. It's, yeah, it's, you know pre- it's pretty getting. straightforward stuff. Yeah. I want to put my love into you, you know, like, like, what do you think like that, that, means? Like, that doesn't I, mean that. I don't know. That's got to <laughs> mean like putting a letter in an envelope and mailing it or something. It has to be that. It can't be, you know, <laughs> it's got to be a metaphor, right? No, it's not. It, it no, means, I, I okay. don't think so. I, I don't oh, think so. I, but I, I guess I was wrong. Maybe I need to re-listen to this album because I was listening to it from a different point of view. <laughs> we, can't, we can't get all esoteric with this one. There's no, no, I don't, th- I don't can't. think. can't. And there's nothing wrong no. with that. And that's the great thing is, is there, there's these times when you just want this stuff, you know, and it was such a joy to, to, to kind of listen to this and, and, and know that like back in black was cut, that it wasn't the opening cut. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like hell's bells opens and it's so somber and you don't know what's coming. And, and, and the song, this, that song just kind of opens the album in such a big way, but then you get these, you know, you get shoot to thrill and these other ones. And then on side two, you get back in black and it's like, what? Like, okay, there's more. And then you get like, probably their most popular song was you shook me all night long. I mean, that's the most probably radio friendly you'll, you'll probably hear that on on like old, even on oldies radio i think yeah but boy. Uh, it's one of the most it's one of the most like radio friendly songs and that's right. even not that friendly it's <laughs> yeah but what that's I mean, about. It's, good... it, it's not about making a milkshake i'll tell you that much <laughs> <laughs> no it's not <laughs> um but yeah i mean we cranked that um, i think we played that song over and over it's one of it's one of the great yeah radio radio hits i mean radio songs of of a hard rock group you know that yeah. uh, that you could again depend on you could you, you always heard it you always it was in the air it was it was always playing so yeah you yeah. go into a you go into a bar and you hear like you shook me all night long long you know you're in the right kind of bar like that's it's either that or there's a passing car and you could hear it like coming from one end <laughs> yeah. of the street to the other, in like the summer. Oh, night long, and <laughs> it just keeps going by. right. <laughs> yep. So, you then, know. then you know you're in the right town as well. <laughs> yeah, they they have absolutely ACDC has stood the test of time. And if you're not a, if you're not a metal person, that's okay. Um, I, this is an enjoyable listen, I think, and it might pique your interest. And it, it certainly won't convert you to like, oh, I'm going to become a metalhead or anything. No, because like you said, this does skirt the hard rock. Thing yeah. and and Eric has stated is a stated stated thing that that metal isn't really his thing. So um, I I think this is a good and, and how could you doubt it? It's the second high, second biggest selling album of all time. Mm-hmm. So I think I think from a curiosity standpoint, I think it would make an interesting listen if you're gonna as an experiment listen to the top ten selling albums of all time. Well, you, this is on your list as well, and it's the only one. It's very unique because the Eagles are on there twice. Fleetwood Mac is on there. So those are all kind of in the same genre. Let's be honest. You know, yeah. there's kind of a, you can kind of start to pick out a pattern there. ACDC right. stands alone in that list. There's no other, like I said, no Zeppelin, no other hard rock like that. It, it, it's, you know, Shania Twain and Michael Jackson. Yeah, the most baffling. The, the bodyguard. bodyguard? This, yeah. Number three, really? Number three. Of course, we know that. I mean, it was, it, we, we've talked about this on other episodes. It, it did it on the back of, of I Will Always Love You. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow. But there's nothing wrong with that. But but when you look at this list, it's like, 
you know, Saturday Night Fever, Eagles. Yeah. Well, you know, that was kind of, and, and then ACDC is their number two. <laughs> it's like, how did, it's, it's almost like, who let these guys in? <laughs> right? How do they, who let right. them into our top 10 is, is kind of like the thing. <laughs> you know, it's like they're in here, you know, Brian who Johnson. Derelicts? Brian Get Johnson with his, with, his cap, with his cap pulled down all the way over his eyes, you know, and yeah, and, you know, these guys kind of come in and like kick the door down on the top 10 and they're like, we're here. <laughs> right. I mean, that's kind of what, what, yeah. what this is with ACDC, you know, because they just yeah. have that attitude and, and you want to root for these guys. You know, there's no, never been any like big controversies, no, no crazy stuff. You know, well, they, Jack they, Black's they, a fan. We know that, yeah. right? A school of rock. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, the the, the influence of uh, him absolutely. Alone. Like we said, Beavis and Butthead. I mean, they, yeah. they were on you know on the shirts there. And uh, 2003, they get their due. They get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um. One of one of the young brothers, Malcolm Young, uh, starts to starts to having memory problems. Start having some issues. Turns out he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Needed to leave the band. Obviously, as a result of that. Uh, passed away a few years ago. So that was a big loss. Malcolm Young is the rhythm guitarist, but he was really kind of known as the de facto leader. Even though Angus was the guy in the front with the schoolboy outfit and the wild moves, he does he does a weird duck walk. He yeah. looks like a man. You want to see someone look like a man possessed when they play the guitar. Watch Angus Young. He really, <laughs> he, he's really, he, he is the guitarist. To, to that Chuck Berry thing, that Chuck Berry. Yeah. Famous Chuck Berry waddle or the walk. He he is to guitarist what Mick Fleetwood is yep. to drummers. Like when they look like they're out of control and making faces and like can't like can't that's help right. themselves, right? That's right. Yeah. That's what Angus Young is. He looks like a man possessed, but he is totally in control of his instrument and just yeah, lay, laying the riffs down. So th- this is the one. Yeah. This is this is absolutely the one that Most uh, definitely. that that we're gonna recommend to this is front stoop listening. This is uh in the car listening. This is yeah, I mean to this day it it, it <clears throat> it holds up, I think. Yeah, and, and like yeah, I said in the open, out of, coming out, of a, 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 out of a a career, a band killing tragedy. Could it could have ended the band had they decided because they were going to. Yeah. Um. This triumph happens, you know. So that's got to be bittersweet as well for them. It's like, okay, you know, we're not sure what we're going to do. We lost our, our our leader. We lost our lead singer. Should we go mm-hmm. on? And they get this guy, and then this this magic magical thing happens that is really it can't be explained. So. Um, good on ACDC. They're they're certainly welcome in the top ten. You know the Eagles might not feel too good too good about it with their Hotel California and greatest hits, and Lindsey Buckingham might be giving them the side eye with rumors. <laughs> but uh, they, you know ACDC is ACDC is number two, and and we've had nothing but fun celebrating it. Check, absolutely check That's this right. album out. It's definitely yeah. worth a listen. Uh, yeah, if, if you're ready for some some fist pumping, or when the weather gets warmer, or you're at a picnic. Throw it on. Go ahead. Go ahead and make some ears bleed. Absolutely, I, we encourage you to do that because it's 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 just a, such a great album. So, indeed, um, that's that's going to do it for this episode of the Thirty Three Twenty Four Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got new episodes that come out every Thursday, believe it or not. And I don't know when you're listening to it, to this, but it did come out on a Thursday, so it was there waiting for you. So check us out there. Also join us on uh, social media, Instagram and Facebook at Thirty Three Twenty Four Podcast, if you will. Also on Twitter at 3324P. So for Eric, this has been Dean. We will catch you on the flip side. You've been listening to the 3324 Podcast with Dean Legiro and Eric Cooper. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider. So please like, subscribe, and rate to become a part of the 3324 family. Your feedback is important, so make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 3324podcast and on Twitter at 3324p to join the conversation. 